turn in your Bibles to chapter 4 of Philippians, there's a text here that I think is intriguing um, in what we're looking at uh, in terms of thanksgiving here because it reminds us of things related to gratitude and giving thanks. Uh, of course, we give thanks um, during this Thanksgiving holiday. The pilgrims who landed in our country gave thanks to God for the help of the Indians and his blessings that he uh, gave to them in a difficult world, in a difficult time, and they remembered to give God thanks. Sometimes we give thanks for different kinds of things. We might give thanks for our family. We gave thanks for the three that were baptized. We give thanks to our friends. We give thanks to our country. We still do live in a free country and able to worship freely. Thanks for our liberty uh, when around the world people do not have that at all. But sometimes we can give thanks, as Paul does here, for a timely and needed gift. And Paul reminds us something about giving thanks, about giving gratitude, and that is it is multi-relational. People sometimes say, well, I thank you, and it's uh, something centered maybe on themselves or focused in their own heart. But gratitude and thanksgiving has a lot more important relationship uh, understanding than just what I feel because in a way gratitude is given to the giver and to the gift and it's given by the recipient. Paul received a tremendous gift from the church at Philippi and he wanted to thank them as he does here in this passage as we're going to look at it. But what Paul also does is remind the Philippians that they are the giver and the gift helped him but he also brings in Jesus Christ and God as part of this equation. So when we're thankful this Christmas season, we remember that God has a place in this as well. I don't think things just happen naturally, but God is looking out for his people and guiding his believers. And we thank God for the gifts that he's given us. And we learn how to find out the secret of gratitude, which Paul is going to share with the uh, Philippians in this passage, and we learn how it can enhance our life, how God is there to help us to be faithful and to walk as believers and help us to be successful in life and go through all the different journeys in life. I had a good friend of mine who was uh, in seminary together, and he was telling me about preaching a sermon, and his, his mother, this is one of his first sermons, and his mother was there. And you just have to know this guy. But he said, I said in the sermon, I talked about the vicissitudes of life. And I said, the vicissitudes of life? He said, yeah. And after the service, my mother got out and she smacked me upside the head and said, what do you know about the vicissitudes of life? You're just a young guy and you don't know. But we have trouble in life sometimes. Things that don't happen well, things that seem to be problematic. And yet, at the same time, God calls us to be thankful, and he shows us why we should be thankful, precisely because he has given us so much, especially his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And with that knowledge, we can learn about gratitude, what it means, and how we are to understand it, not only just during this Thanksgiving season, but through all the vicissitudes of life. In want and in need and in abundance, Paul says, I've learned this secret 
and he's sharing it with the Philippians about life. So let's take these verses. If you've turned there to Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 20, we're going to go through this because I know the, um, the food down there smells really well. <laughs> and my stomach's also saying, hey, <laughs> there's something cooking down there. So that's good. But we're going to walk through these verses, these 10 verses uh, separately, section by section. So if you'll look in your Bibles, we'll read the little uh, verses and then talk about it together. Remember, Paul has received a wonderful gift from the Philippians to help take care of him, help to feed him, help to clothe him, help to pay his expenses. And so he's writing to thank them for it. Um, but what he says is so amazing that it's very important for us to study this as well. So let's look at first, verse 10, Paul's rejoicing at their gift. So if you'll turn there in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, Paul writes to them and he says, I, that's Paul, rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. This is Paul saying to them, I know that you care about me, and I know that you gave me a gift, and it shows your care. This is a thing that Paul responds to. He says, man, I had mega amounts of joy and rejoicing. The word mega, or greatly, is the word mega. So he was mega much appreciative of their care. The fact that not only they sent the gift, but they thought about him. Gratitude recognizes that it's not just the giving of a gift, but it's the thought. You know, at Christmas time, the thought counts. That's when you give a gift to a little kid and he tears open the box and he throws the toy aside and plays with the box, right? It's the thought that counts. You give the gift and Paul is just excited about this. He said, just to realize what's going in my life shows a certain sense of care. Gratitude is expressed by those who recognize that people think about them. People understand what they're going through. And Paul told them you were concerned, but you lacked the opportunity before. But now I have your gift. You've brought it to me. And I am so thankful for this. This teaches us that gratitude, first and foremost, is an attitude. We need to think in terms of thanks. Thanks for what people do for us. Thanks for what God does for us. We can mope around and be like that character in Peanuts that has the storm over his head and always pessimistic. Or we can see the lining in the cloud, the silver lining of where God is taking care of us and showing us, even though it may be small, that he does care and others do care. Gratitude is always thinking and praying about how we can be thankful. But there is also another part of gratitude. Gratitude is, not, is more than an attitude. It requires action. And what the part of the Philippians did was to think about Paul and to think about him and to plan about it so then they had the chance they gave Paul the blessings of what God had given to them. Gratitude is showing God thanks and then doing something about it to help others, as we'll see a little more in this text. So remember, gratitude is more than an attitude. It also requires action. 
The greatest thing we can do for God is to give him thanks and then live for him and serve him to show others what he's done for us. But the second section is verses 11 through 13. And here's where Paul reveals a little bit of his condition. And he presents to the Philippians a secret skill, as he calls it, a secret that teaches us about the depths and the importance of gratitude and giving thanks to God and to others. The background in this is found in 2 Corinthians 11, 21 through 33. Paul's not in very good shape here. Paul's being uh, having difficult times. And as a result, that the, the Lord Jesus is helping Paul to learn how to deal with times of lack and with times of luxury. We always like the times of luxury, but real gratitude shows up when we don't have that luxury. When the luxury comes, we often take it for granted and we forget about what God has done and we enjoy the gift more than the giver or represent the gift uh, as being so much more important than the one who gave it. Paul writes in verse 11 that he is satisfied. Look, look right there with me. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. That is a major skill. That's a big deal, to be content in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. That means that we don't let the circumstances to define us. We don't let the situation motivate us or control us. There's something more important in life than all the things the world says is important. Fame and fortune and friends and all this, positions and power and all those things. There's something more to life than those circumstances or situations. You know, whether I wear the best suits or I drive the best car, um, the song that uh, f uh, for a minute there, the, the, the singer escapes my name, Janice Joplin, there it is. She sang, oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all have Porsches and I have to make amends. See, we think of life that way, it's what we can get. And we're a gimme, 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 gimme culture. We want things, we want the best things. We want what the TV says is important. I watched a commercial the other day and it was all about buying the best car. Why should I buy this car? A car, as long as it has two wheels and it runs, isn't that good enough? No, I have to have the one that everybody has, the one that will make you look fine, the one, the one that will help you roll with your posse down the street and get noticed. You see, we add concepts onto circumstances, and we say that's what life is all about. Paul is saying, no, you know what? I have learned in whatever situation I am in, I have learned to be satisfied, content. There is a longing in our hearts to have a really and true deep soul satisfaction. It's a truth that the more we grasp at things, material things and power and those things, that they never, ever truly satisfy. And you know why I know that? Because the world is replete, is full of all of these stories of people who try to climb their way, claw their way up the ladder, and when they get to the top, they find out that it's worthless, that it's not satisfying. 
If that was true, why do we have all these lottery winners? If all the money in the world can satisfy you, why do we have all these lottery winners that are bankrupt and families are destroyed, the money comes in and something happens and life is basically destroyed for them? You can read it. You, there, there's people out there that talk about it. I got that money and it literally destroyed my life. Because money and fame and fortune and those things don't satisfy. Paul says, and this is important, I, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. That means in whatever circumstances he was in, there was something that he understood brought satisfaction, fullness, content, and was exactly what God wanted him to have. Well, let's go on in here. We're still on verse, um, the second one, so we're still doing this. Satisfaction means that gratitude is content with what God understands to be important for time and eternity, with what God has given us. Gratitude is satisfaction with what God has given us, primarily in what he has made available to us for all time and eternity. But let's look at verse 12 here. In this one, Paul doesn't talk about contentment or satisfaction. He talks about a secret, and it becomes a secret skill. Let's look in verse 12. I know both how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. So I like to watch um, the Homestead Rescue. You know, I like to watch Homestead stuff. And they, they get stuff that so my wife doesn't like it because then I start collecting junk, see? But I'm saying, I can repurpose this junk. I can, I can recycle it. I can make something out of it. And I'm, I'm watching how they're doing all of this, you know, how they're taking old stuff and they're making it useful. So, I mean, that's cool to be able to do, to make do with, with a little. And some of you have experienced that. My, my parents and my wife's parents basically went through the Depression and they made do with a little. Now we have all kinds of stuff. But Paul said, I know how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. The problem of making do with a lot is that we don't let the lot control us. Nor do we let the little control us. But we learn how. And he's saying here, this is it. This is how. In verse 12 he says, in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Wow. If you could bottle that, you could become a millionaire, right? There was some guy who put together a can, and you opened it up, and it was a can of fresh air. And people bought it. Open it up. There it goes. Whoa, you know, can't put it back in the can again. People need to learn the secret of being content in all circumstances. And this is what he said, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. We need to learn the secret of being content, of giving thanks to the right person to the, <laughs> who gave this to us. And that's why I'm saying it's multi-relational. It's not just the gift that the Philippians gave, not just the Philippians as the giver, or Paul as the recipient. There's other people involved in this. And Paul is saying, you know what? I've learned to do this secret in whatever circumstances. That means gratitude is a, is a learned skill. It's, it's, it's to learn of, of how to be content. There's a secret to it. There's an initiation to it. 
it comes further down in verse 13. He's going to explain it. But the whole point of it is, is that we need to understand that it's a skill that can be learned. And the skill points us to learn how to be content to verse 13. Let's read that. This is God's strength. So we talked about satisfaction and a secret skill and, and God's strength. Verse 13, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Uh, this is important. The, the, uh, the various Bible translations may change this a little bit and, and say, I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's who Paul means here. Paul means that the secret to gratitude, the essence of giving thanks, is to know that God gave us a super gift in Jesus Christ. Jesus, that little babe that was laid in a manger, became a minister, a rabbi, but he was the son of God and he died on the cross. We sang about that, low in the grave he lay. And then God raised him again on the third day to provide for us this secret, this salvation, this satisfaction that comes in being part of God's family and being connected to him through Jesus Christ. This is what these three young people did up here. They said, as Jacob asked them, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to raise you from your sins? Have you received Jesus into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior? And they all said yes. And we baptize them. A symbol of what has happened is they died in the water, so to speak, and were raised up newness in life, just as Jesus himself was baptized and Jesus commands us to be baptized. Do you understand that the satisfaction, the secret is learning to be content in your relationship with God? For all time and eternity, Jesus died on the cross to bring you into God's family, to give you access to the wonderful, marvelous glory of God and riches that he has. And the satisfaction that Paul's talking about is this secret to be content in all times, good times and bad times, comes in holding on to Jesus Christ, in finding out that God is our refuge and our strength, that we can look to him and to be truly thankful, to have true gratitude, to understand that gratitude provides the strength for us to face all things, vicissitudes of life in the journey of life because our satisfaction is not in the good, not in the bad, not in the much, not in the little, but our satisfaction is in Jesus Christ, God's Son. The gift he gave was his own life on the cross. God allowed him to give us that gift, to pay the ransom for our sins, to be forgiven our sins, and to come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, have God as our God and Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and live a life that seeks to get its strength and its energy and its contentment in him. Because you won't find content in fame. You won't find it in fortune. You won't find it in money. You won't find it in any other thing on this earth except in Jesus Christ, God's son. And this is the secret thing that Paul is telling them. He's thankful for their gift. They gave to him, but he wanted them to know that that gift was so wonderful. But there's a secret in gratitude and that secret is getting connected to Jesus Christ as God's son. I wish that you would do that today if you don't know him. 
You've been here to see this testimony of these three be baptized. That's what they have done. And the joy in their life is to begin to learn how to walk with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what Paul said was the skill that he learned and the strength that he had. He says it right here in verse 13. I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things to be content with little and to be content with much. See, with little, you don't have to worry about overusing stuff, but with much, you've got to watch out that the much doesn't control you and the greed and the striving to get more doesn't overwhelm you, but you come to Christ and you know that he's given his life on the cross and that's what matters for all time and eternity. Gratitude provides strength and the strength comes from Jesus Christ so we can focus and we can be content in all circumstances and situations. The next point um, that we have is Paul's thanksgiving for their gift. In verses 14 through 20, Paul goes on to explain this um, and to thank them for giving the gift. In verse 14 and through 16, he tells them that giving gifts are praiseworthy. Um, they were um, motivated, the Philippians were motivated by goodness and the goal of helping Paul accomplish his work and the generosity that they were able to give. This is what Paul says here, verse 14, still you did well, this was good for you, he said, by partnering with me in my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you send gifts for my needs several times. Paul said, thank you, you're praiseworthy, you did this. He was trying to tell them that they had this goodness and the goal to help him in their generosity. And that meant that Paul was telling him that gratitude is a Christian grace, is a Christian maturity, is a Christian skill. Gratitude is a Christian grace. Maturity in the believer means that they thank God by helping others to help share the good news of the gospel, what matters for time and eternity. So gratitude isn't just receiving the gift, but turning around to see how we can give to others. The Philippians were motivated by their goodness, by their care, by the goal to help Paul and by their generosity because they knew that what they were doing was helping the church to grow, helping people to come to know Jesus Christ, helping others to hear about the wonderful gift of God that God gave on the cross. Gratitude was seeking to spread that thanks, seeking to help others hear about this. This was very praiseworthy of them, but it was also very practical. Look in verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. Wow. You know what? Paul wasn't asking for a jet plane. I've heard people do that. Paul wasn't asking for things that um, accrue to his account so that he could have a big IRA, Roth or traditional or otherwise. Paul wasn't asking that he would be able to become the next televangelist. 
Paul was saying, I'm thankful for your goodness, for your motivation, because it accrues to your account. You see what Paul is saying here? He's saying that what matters for time and eternity is how we serve God. We seek to follow him, to honor him, to glorify him, to show others why. And the Philippians gave their money to Paul, gave their gift to Paul, so he could do more of that. Now, our church supports missionaries. We have more than 4,000, I think, missionaries on foreign fields and about the same here in the United States and North, North America. And the goal is to help people come to know the joy of Christ. The rejoicing that we have in knowing, uh, thanksgiving-wise, that Jesus and God has given us the precious salvation that we have. And our gratitude for that extends to others. And it extends to others, not for them, but for us, because it's part of our growing, part of our discipleship. Going out on Builders for Christ is a ministry that grows us. It's a gratitude to help other churches build. Gratitude, then, is not just a Christian grace, but gratitude also increases the kingdom of God. And we've talked about being a transitional church that's a, that's a kingdom-focused church. Well, a kingdom-focused church is a church that, by gratitude, helps others helps them in their needs and in their hopes and in their desires by sharing Christ first with them and then taking care of them, helping them to be filled and clothed and helping them go through the so-called vicissitudes of life. That's what Paul is saying. You give it to me and I'm happy that you're giving it to me, but I want you to know it's not for me, not that I see the gift or want the gift, it's because I seek the profit that is accruing on your behalf. God is looking at us and seeing how we search to help him and to serve him. And he sees us when we are helping others. The greatest gift that we have is to share Christ with others. Help them to know what God did in creating us and how we sinned and how God made it possible for us to be restored to him, part of his family, and that is coming to know Christ Jesus as Lord. In that way, we help them come to know Christ, sharing the gospel. And in that way, our gratitude for God, in order to tell others for what God has done, helps God grow his kingdom. And that's the important thing. See, because not only is gratitude praiseworthy as, and it's a Christian grace, but it, it's supposed to be productive. Paul's trying them to point them out that he's thankful for their gift because they're being productive and he's being able to be productive for that as well. Let's look in verses 18 through 20. Paul writes here, but I have received everything in full. It's like he's saying, here's my receipt. I got it all. I have everything you gave me in full, and I have abundance, and I'm thankful for that. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided. Then he goes on to say, but look, it's a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And, verse 19, 
my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in the glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. There's a lot here in Paul trying to tell us that gratitude when we thank God for the gift that he's given to us in Jesus Christ, how it can be productive. Because in our gratitude, which is a Christian grace and which does indeed is practical in trying to uh, show others to Christ, it, it becomes productive too because it, it actually does what God wants it to do. And Paul brings in here God in a, in a unique way that, that we need to consider briefly and then, and then pull together all this as we finish up here. But Paul says, I've got everything now. I'm fully supplied. And Epaphroditus was one of the messengers who went there. He provided everything. And then he tells them that their money gift, their gift, whatever it was, he never really describes everything it was. He doesn't tell us the amount. He just says, I have now a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Now, what in the world does Paul mean by that? Well, that phrase, talking about a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God, leads us back in the Old Testament all the way back to the book of Leviticus because in the system of worship of the Jewish people, they were to bring sacrifices to God, an innocent animal. They would lay the hand on that and pass the sin to that innocent. The innocent, okay, the innocent is uh, paying the penalty for, that always happens, that's okay. The innocent always pays the penalty for the guilty and the sacrifice was given. And you know what it says in Leviticus? That when these sacrifices was done with a pure heart, with a real desire to please God, to honor God, to do what God is calling them to do. Do you know what Leviticus says? It becomes a pleasing aroma to God. A sweet aroma pleasing to God. So Paul is actually linking them back to God's divine plan of how to worship. That divine plan came to fruition in the one sacrifice that was made on the cross that paid the whole penalty. That was Jesus. Because the Jewish sacrifices had to be kept done over and over. But the book of Hebrews tells us that there was one perfect sacrifice that paid the penalty, that paid the price. It was pleasing to God that Jesus willingly died on the cross for our sins. He accepted it. In other words, it... It was what he accepted, and it became an indication of God's reception of Jesus to pay our penalty and our sins, that it was pleasing to God. And, and Paul says, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. There, there is no one worth more than God. I mean, if you want to do a, a spreadsheet, you know, uh, assets and debits, and, and, you know, your net worth. Who's got the most net worth? It's not Bill Gates. <laughs> it's not whoever else is aspiring to be the, the most richest person in the world. It's God himself. And he gives us everything that we need so we can be satisfied in what he does, what he gives us. Gratitude then pleases God. And God turns and supplies our needs so we can learn to be content in everything because it is in Jesus Christ 
that we have, our every need shared, and who strengthens us to do all things and to go through all things. This Thanksgiving, if you really want to give thanks to God, seek to know his son, Jesus Christ. If you know his son, Jesus Christ, then renew your strength and your desire and your commitment to be thankful to him, to be thankful in good things and bad things. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, then seek to know him. Seek to find out what he did. Don't take my word for it. Get a Bible and go read the Gospel of John. Look through what it says. Talk to someone who professes to be a Christian. And find out what it can mean for you to know him. And to find really the kind of thanksgiving and gratitude so we're content. And you're content in anything this world has to throw at us. Because you have Jesus, God's son. And he paid the penalty on the cross for our sins. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. Ask the musicians to come up and sing with us. Great are you, Lord. I usually come down here at the front and stand. If you'd like to talk to me or find out more, we can share with you what it means to know Christ. We can share with you from someone in the privacy of another room or talk to you about what the Bible says. Don't leave here without having the chance to find out that gratitude with God means being thankful for what he's done in Jesus Christ. And being thankful for what he's done in Jesus Christ gives us a power, a skill set to focus and meet and live through and, and actually prosper through anything this old world can share with, can throw at us. But you have to come to know Christ. Let's stand and sing and respond as the Lord leads. Amen.